The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and thank you for joining us today. As you know, we're always trying to bring you the latest and greatest in the career advancement and career management world so that you can take control of your own career. Today, we are excited to have a special guest with us, Melanie Lynchy, and Melanie is one of the most creative and lovely storytellers that I know, and she is here to talk with us today about how to make your personal story, your career story, have more personality, clarity, and authenticity. And I know this is a big topic as we look at social media and it becomes more and more crowded and you're trying to stand out. So, Melanie, we're so excited to have you here with us today. Thanks so much, Marie. I'm excited as well. So, yeah, I love this, that, you know, you talk about marketing And marketing can be so boring or it can be overly cutesy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to really make an impact. And um, when we were at the Career Thought Leaders Conference not too long ago, you gave a wonderful presentation about how marketing can influence our career documents and our career approach on LinkedIn and other places. So will you share with us a little bit about your approach to career marketing? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that maybe part of the reason why it's part of me attaching what we're doing because before I was a career storyteller and writing resumes and LinkedIn profiles, I was working in HR and marketing. And so, you know, one of the people that has spoken to me for quite some time speaks to a lot of us, Seth Godin, and his idea is like the riskiest thing you can do now is be safe. Some of the other premises he speaks of is, you know, simply ordinary is boring. We tune out what we see repetitively. Uh, Smart marketers promote their products differently. And if you give your content a spin or a hook, then others will pay attention. Also, if you just deliver this info in the same boring way as everyone else, it'll fail to get you noticed. And so, like you had started to say as well, in a time when more than two days' worth of content is uploaded every minute, onto YouTube, uh, only that which is truly unique and unexpected can stand out. And so we're in the same realm when we're talking about living in a world where it's as easy to apply for a job as just clicking a button. Uh, there's a lot of volume out there, but what's standing out, uh, there's not much that's out there to stand out. And so that's why I work with my clients into helping them in that area. Um, part of some of where I also got some of my ideas from or, or backing of my ideas is Carmine Gallo, author, wrote this wonderful book, Talk Like Ted, and he comes from a marketing background. And so he really speaks about novelty in public speaking, and which is defined as the quality being new, original, or unusual. But that novelty is really what gets people to stand up and take notice. It's actually the single most effective way to capture attention. And even neuroscientists agree the brain doesn't attach to boring things. So if we increase novelty, we increase dopamine levels. And we increase dopamine levels, then you make an experience and information more memorable. And so you might be asking, what's this have to do with your resume or LinkedIn profile? But to me, it has everything to do with it. Uh, Because as even Maya Angelo would put it, people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. 
so I believe that your resume and your LinkedIn profile are your career marketing materials. So why wouldn't you apply marketing principles? Since science tells us that information loses its punch when delivered the same way over and over again, then why wouldn't you want to present your career in a way that's different than the others around you? Present it, why would you want to strip away the you from your work uh, or a way that mirrors everyone else? So as a smart marketer of my clients' careers for the past 10 years, I've simply translated or taken some of Gallo's what he had put together in talking about novelty within presentations and storytelling uh, to career storytelling with personality and authenticity because while it might sound strange for people to consider themselves as a product, they are the product when in marketing or your resume and your LinkedIn profile are essentially your marketing tools for your career. Yeah, and that that everybody's do start to look the same and yet people mm-hmm. want to stick to that tradition. So it's so interesting to see the work that you do and even to hear some of our colleagues, right? Other professionals respond to it and say, you know, that it's not, um, not that it's not good because it is, but that they're just mm-hmm. not ready for it. And even people who are in the field aren't, aren't ready for it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the right way to go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I believe, it, you know, in talking at the conference, I did notice there were some who were, oh, like, just shifting in their chairs or, and avoided eye contact with me afterwards. <laughs> I could get this sense. They're simply not ready to move forward or to try or do something different. Um, but I think that also what I shared at the conference was the results that my clients are getting. Uh, and I, I definitely, would you like me to share some of those with you and your audience? <laughs> well, before we dive into that, just I think that yeah. that's um, probably part of why it works, right? When not everybody's adopted it yet, then it stands out. And there's still an element to understanding our audience and our brand and doing something that's appropriate, right? I'm sure you have a range mm-hmm. of personality. It's not that everyone is outlandish, or I know that you have a, an example of a LinkedIn profile where someone cusses, and that's not going to fit for every client <laughs> and or every audience. So it's not the that you have to do something because it's the thing to do, but it's just the thought of how can you stand out and be different in a way that makes sense for you and your audience, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I did, I actually just published a blog on this um, where I do list different ways to to add personality. And so breaking those down, essentially by adding the unexpected, just a word that's breaking up a phrase with a word that's not as commonly used, adding the unexpected, designing a little bit differently, breaking a pattern, uh, telling, like I said, telling a story, packaging it differently within design, demonstrating passion. And then, you know, I think for some people, infusing humor may be a little bit over where it feels like it's over the top, but personality comes in all of those different ways um, and can be shown in all of those different ways, the unexpected, breaking a pattern, the hook. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. I think sometimes when I hear our colleagues talk, they've seen your most quote-unquote extreme example and think that mm-hmm. that's what you're, what you're saying everybody should do, but that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is to do something that's different and for that one person, it was quite outlandish or, you know, whatever it might be. But that's not, that's not the point of what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, even with something, an example for a client, a hook up top, where if I do put something that, that goes along with his job title for one client, multilingual media oh, excuse me, multilingual media strategist, and then I put dot, 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 who lives and breathes media. It's just something a little bit different. It's not outlandish, but it catches attention and shows that there's a person behind that resume, not just a title. Right, and this is one of the um, the things that people are talking about on LinkedIn anyways, that your LinkedIn profile should lead, read like it would be if I was talking to you in person. And that is 
that is the definition of authenticity, right? It should read like I was talking to mm-hmm. you, not like it should read like I was talking to Melanie for any of any of your clients, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I've definitely, I've been applying a lot of this personality and I can sometimes great clients let me go a little bit further with them and express, and they love the feedback that they get because LinkedIn seems to be considered more appropriate for this personality or more conversational tone. Um, But, and that's why everything I'm saying actually does apply to LinkedIn as well, but I'm also saying that within resumes and cover letters at this time, it's it's a fantastic uh, place to show a little bit about who you are and be a little bit different to stand out. And I really feel that as well, by being authentic, you're going to put yourself in the types of situations, company cultures, environments. You're going to be around like-minded professionals that you want to be by being showing more of the kind of professional and person and professional you are. Well, and this is the part of brand that takes guts, right? It's easy to say that you're going to stand for something, but when you stand mm-hmm. for something, you automatically turn some people on, which is what you want, but you automatically turn some people off. And that's the scary part for most people in having a strong brand is that when you do that, you are setting yourself up to fit into certain cultures and to not fit into others. And there is a good reason to do that, but I know it's scary for most people. Yeah, exactly. And it does. It actually brings me up to that first quote that I mentioned with South Godin. The riskiest thing you can do now is be safe. You know, I truly believe we, if people, we spend 70% of our waking hours at work. Do we want those to be happy hours or do we want those to be just simply hours where we're, we're grinding away? Um, and I'm hoping that a lot of you out there do have the, the courage to, to want that job or to want to spend those 70%, 70% of your waking hours doing what you love and what you enjoy. Right. And having that safe brand is a false security per that quote, right? You can have a brand that is middle of the road, quote unquote, professional, whatever you want to say it, it's boring. (laughs) And you can have that, that brand and think that you're being safer or you're creating or inviting more opportunity for yourself because you're middle of the road. But the, the truth is that you're, you're not, you're actually just falling in with the masses. And, you know, I always tell people, why do you buy a generic brand, right? Why do you buy a generic brand? Because it's the cheapest. And Mm -hmm. if we are generic in our brands, that that's the only appeal you're going to have. And none of us want that. So we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into hearing some of Melanie's success stories and some of her specific thoughts that can help you put some personality into your marketing documents. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are in for a treat and have already been having a treat with Melanie Lynchy here talking about personality and authenticity in our marketing documents. And we've been talking about the general idea and a little bit about LinkedIn, but I know, Melanie, specifically, you are doing this more and more in resumes as well. So tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing in your clients' resumes and the types of results that people have been seeing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So not too long ago, I had a repeat client, Julie, come back to me. Uh, At this point, she had stepped away from the niche engineering work that she was doing. So she was unemployed, and she wanted to transition into a project manager role. So career change here. Uh, It was less than a month when she sent me the email to thank me because she had been noticed by multiple companies and had a job offer within that time, less than a month. And so with the personality for her within her resume, even up top, where I don't use what's called the objective any longer. I, it's a value statement. So you want to put what your value is up top. But essentially where that objective would go, up top just this statement, combine engineer-level technical know-how with personality to engage and unite project players at all levels from detailed diggers to decision makers to meet project milestones and strict delivery deadlines. So you could see within there I have a little bit of alliteration going on with the da-da-da-da-da, but I also have used just a couple of slightly different phrases, project players, detail diggers. It's simply by making those slight little adjustments where you get someone to go, oh, huh, is there a real person in here? It's so I think what I really want to get across here is that not all showing personality is dramatic. You're trying to get people to take notice and attach and, and think and want to keep reading. And I can go with it, Jamie, too, who was a client as well, and she was called into interview, actually, even though they had already hired a person for their, their position. So they had closed the position, received her resume. They were so wowed. They called her in. They ended up telling the other person that it wasn't working out and hired this client of mine. I actually blogged on this, too, it, Uh, how to turn an interview rejection into a job offer, and that's over on my website, ResumeRelief.com. So you could read that as well. But with Jamie, something we did that was different, so this isn't going way over the edge, we added some snippets from her performance evaluations up top, so where maybe a value statement or the old objective used to be. Instead, we put some snippets from her performance evaluations Jamie leads the organization and looking for ways to improve quality. Jamie is a role model because of her dedication and commitment to excellence. And one more, and this showed them a little bit of who she was. It definitely looked different. It wasn't what they were used to seeing, and it helped the reader attach. And then when we went on to describe her current role, hyper-organized work style helped earn promotion to managing day-to-day general office needs while neurosis for detail and talent for numbers, dot, dot, dot. So I'm fitting in keywords, talking about her promotion, but also using just slightly different by saying hyper-organized and mentioning her neurosis for details. She was comfortable with that, um, and I think that also really helped to get her noticed. Uh, then with, I have another client, Diego. He went from being unemployed for months to pulling off a complete career change, new dream that was in five weeks. We packaged him differently. We used a one-page resume with that client, emphasized his value relating to what he was seeking. We had subtle sprinkles of humor and really emphasized the passion for the work that he was doing. And that really helped him pull off his career coup. Uh, Another client, Brian. So you want to talk executive level. This guy was definite. He was all about the dollar signs, and those were his words, not mine. Executive medical device and software sales dude, who was awesome. Six changes in company and product ownership, six positions, promotions over his 14 years. And we packaged that all nice and tight within two pages. He wasn't going to leave his job unless he had something even better, one that made him more money and didn't force him to relocate. So he started sending out his, selectively sending out his resume, very selectively, and within six months, he had his six-figure gig that let him stay at home, 
uh, what we used with that, it was completely just tone, design. The tone and design also reflected his time is money attitude. We didn't want to waste their time. And we understood that. He knew that his decision makers would not spend a ton of time. But we also demonstrated personality through storytelling. And when he had contacted me, he had said, I want you to help me tell my career story. Uh, we also presented stats in a novel way or in a different way. So by pulling out and putting some of this information into sh- shaded boxes and bars, like to highlight those key accomplishments and numbers and ways that he really rocked it, uh, we also a mix of very conventional and playful language. And again, all of that within a tight two-page document. Color as well helped there. Top executive, he used a little bit of his personality and really stood out. Yes. Then we have the one that I think that when I spoke about at the conference, there was Trevor, who was young and fun, super super sales star after just five years on the job. He was in the tech arena, but he couldn't shake wanting more of a leadership role. Now, he snagged a role. This was less than eight weeks later. He was relocated back to his hometown where he wanted to be. And with this one, I broke probably every resume role in the book. (laughs) I actually didn't because the document was still ATS-friendly, so applicant tracking system-friendly, still fit within those bars, uh, still looked very much like a resume. He wanted it light on the visual bling and heavy on the grammatical and verbal bling or novelty. So how I did that was a lot of alliteration, some injections of humor and contractions, conversational injections, and I actually used the first person within his resume as well. Uh, I definitely believe that his courage to show his personality and be authentic really paid off and helped him shine within the young fun tech startup arena. Very important point there about his target audience, right? Mm-hmm. That how you write depends on that target audience. And what I love is that you can do this with or without the first person. I know there's some people in our industry who talk about telling your story and then it has to be first person and that's not appropriate for some audiences. However, mm-hmm, absolutely not. Right. And you can still have authenticity and personality and using the creative words that you're talking about without getting too far out of the quote unquote traditional resume framework, which is going to help someone who is applying to more traditional companies like your engineers, right? Those folks, those folks need to be a a little bit more traditional and yet they can still have some personality even in their resumes, which I love. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I feel that especially with this client and part of the reason he was willing to, he had said right off the bat, what's most important to him was culture the environment. He loved the type of environment he was working with at his current company. It was fun. It was light. It was casual. Uh, you know, they had their mixers every Friday. They, it was one of those great companies. He wanted that again. It was so important to him, and that's why he was not afraid to show who he was because he wanted to attract that as well. Right, and that made sense for him where he wanted to go and his audience And I think sometimes we get into a rut in our communication or we're used to our resume looking a certain way if we're out there in the working world. And so getting that opportunity to really take it off and do it differently. And some of the terms you're talking about, like with your um, engineer there, the, you know, data diggers or whatever that was, that's, you know, a little bit of slang, a little bit of fun language, but it doesn't throw off the whole picture of what your resume is or needs to be or what the company is expecting. It just puts a little bit of extra flavor in there that, like like you said, makes them go, huh, there's actually a human in that thing, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I love that word that you use, flavor, because that's exactly what it does. It just sort of, oh, I wasn't expecting that word to be there. I think so often, I mean, we read so many even people, everyone out there of you who's applying for a job or putting together a resume, if you're looking at job descriptions, you're probably seeing the same words strung together over and over again. 
and we become blind to them. And so, and so recruiters and people looking at these resumes and LinkedIn profiles, they're blind to all these strings of words together so common, uh, which is why just breaking that up a little bit. And I did share as well at the conference one of my favorite bookmarks of all time on my computer, favorite website, thesaurus.com. I am constantly going there whenever there's a word that I'm thinking, hmm, if I could just change this word to something a little bit different that might stand out a little bit more, I'll plug it into thesaurus.com, and time after time, I'm just, woo, I'll do a little fist pump because I'm so excited I found something that was just slightly different that fit within that realm that helped the sentence, the phrase, the sentiment to stand out just a bit more. Right. And I go to that site as well. And my guess is that when most professionals or professional writers go to that site, you know, you type in your word and they're the things that show up on the left that are the perhaps most appropriate uses of an exchanged word. And then the things that show up towards the right are more slang or informal. And I would bet that most people tend to think they should stay away from those things on the right. And I would guess Mm -hmm. that a lot of the times the things you're using are the things listed more towards the right where it is less formal or perhaps less um, less of a match even, but a little bit more creative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I had shared this example at the conference as well where there are a client who, and this is a little bit different, we're talking LinkedIn headline now, but it's the same thing. Everything, all of this can benefit your audience and give them some ideas, but uh, he technical software guy was just all in the the data and the code. One of the things that he kept telling me was he could, essentially there wasn't a bug that he couldn't fix. Not a bug he couldn't fix, figure out. So when we got down to it, a LinkedIn headline in my scratch in my head, I wanted to put in some of his the technical terms of his job, but also was there a way to put in something different? And so I asked him, I said, you know, what do you think about bug whisperer? And he was like, mm, didn't really sit well with him. So then I, he said, what about bug exterminator? And I'm like, oh, okay, that just makes me think of bugs in the Orkin Man. And I don't want to peg you as the Orkin Man. So, so let me think about this. And I plugged exterminator into thesaurus.com, and he came up with bug slayer. When I threw that back to him, he was like, that's it. I love it. Just something a little bit different within his LinkedIn headlines to be able to, you know, put in his title, technical software analyst, analyst. And so this way, if someone were searching for his job title, they would find that, but that also putting in, you know, a little dot or a spacer symbol and bug slayer. I love it. Well, on that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes to hear more great stories and insights from Melanie. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And if you've missed the last two sessions, you've got to go back, get the recording, download it and listen, because Melanie Lynchy is here with us just talking about some of the ways that you can infuse some personality into your document in whatever way is most appropriate for you and your audience. And always realizing that that audience shifts from our resume to our LinkedIn profile, but there's no reason to lack personality in any of those things because we're trying to stand out in all of those things. So Melanie, right before we went to break, you were sharing a story of a programmer uh, developer who called themselves the bug slayer in their LinkedIn profile heading. And the important part there also is that you're using a mix of the traditional terms that a recruiter would search for, very important to get found on LinkedIn to use those terms. But you have space and time and words (laughs) to not just put those boring things in, right? Absolutely. Well, of course, LinkedIn headline is the most valuable real estate on your LinkedIn profile. It's 140 characters. And typically when anyone's searching, like I said, with those terms, you do want to put in the job titles to be searched for as well. But yes, you do have the freedom. And I was actually able to put uh, three titles in there. So uh, really try to make as most use, the best use of that space as possible. And also just know that first, what's up front is going to show up first. So I actually did put Bug Slayer last. So if it, for whatever reason, was cut off via view on however it's being viewed, mobile, tablet, whatnot, it wouldn't be death, uh, but it w- will show up on most devices uh, in order to get attention. And I also did something similar with an engineer I worked with recently. It was mechanical engineer, and then I put a little symbol dot, and then design engineer symbol dot, and then perpetual tinkerer, because he kept using that phrase that he was a tinkerer. He tinkered with everything. He's been tinkering since he's a little kid. So that became part of his story, which I told within his LinkedIn summary, but within the headline. And I did also use it on the resume as well as one of his competencies just to break up Uh, a little bit of the monotony there. I love that. And, you know, people always say a few things. So people always say, well, you're using the thesaurus, so that's going to sound contrived. Well, you might use the thesaurus here and there, but what the example you just gave was using someone else's, well, using the candidate's actual words, which of course is ideal. And all of us who are in the writing business look for those actual words. And that's probably the hardest thing to get to if you are a candidate out there trying to do this for yourself. You know, talk about your story into a recorder, call yourself, leave a voicemail or, or get with a friend or colleague and tell your story. Because my guess is that they're going to hear words that you say that you don't even think about like tinkerer and be able to reflect those back to you. But that's also the power of working with someone like Melanie is having them help you figure out what those words are that are actually yours and then mixing in some others that may fit. But it's all about being authentic. We don't want to take words that don't fit for you and and plug them in there. It's your story, and that's what makes it so powerful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love using pieces of clients. It it usually it has to come from them, and even the multilingual media strategist that I mentioned earlier, he was the one who said, "Who lives and breathes media." He told that those were his words. I had another client who one of the first emails that he sent me, he's. It just, I love my crazy, cool career in media. It was also in media, happened to be. And that was the first statement within his LinkedIn profile summary, uh, that hook. Those were his words. You know, I also, there are a bunch of questions. Of course, you can ask yourself many questions in order to come up with some information. But what have others said about you is one of those questions. What do people say about you at work? What are you the go-to person for? What can you work on all day long? You know, what's the favorite, your favorite project or initiatives that you've worked on? If, do you have a nickname at work? If you, and keep it clean, but if so, is there a way to position that and use that as a hook or something to grab attention? Uh, is there anything about your personal life or career that makes others say, wow? Uh, even recently I worked with another client. He's a, uh, top executive, wonderful gentleman, and 
his back way in the day, he had worked for one of Steve Jobs' first companies. And we were, of course, we weren't going to talk about that. I mean, I don't, I don't love putting anything that says 80s on a resume or within a LinkedIn profile. But what we did, because it was kind of interesting, we actually positioned that to within his value statement starting out with Steve Jobs uh, before, before he had started Apple within his value statement on his resume to grab attention and then also within the summary section to start out on his LinkedIn profile to also tell his story. Yeah, and that, you know, that story piece, it comes from you, the candidate, and asking great questions or getting together with someone that can ask great questions or, or Googling and finding great questions is definitely a good place to start so that you can tell that story. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love about our work, Melanie, is that, you know, when you get that question and you ask the question, I have a LinkedIn profile that the guy pretty much wrote himself because he answered the questions and it was just so powerful. It was like, okay, I'll edit that and, you know, make it sound a little bit better, but that's you and that's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's your story. So let's get it in there. And I think sometimes our candidates are afraid, even when they answer those types of questions, they come up with something authentic. They're afraid to share those authentic things. So tell us, based on your work, you know, is there a segment of population that you think this works for and a type of people to person that this doesn't work for? Or how can someone judge if, if they should be doing something like this or not? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I, I think that people have to be comfortable uh, to a degree. I also don't think that it doesn't hurt to, I, this is one of the statements I live by, it's feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> because I do believe that if you're, you're not challenging yourself, then you're not really learning. So I, I suppose at times I may be challenging my clients because so often after speaking with them, I'm like, wow, this is an amazing career you have. And you're just, you haven't been doing it any justice. I'm excited for them and excited to tell their story. Uh, and so I think that by providing some of the opportunities, like just the adding the unexpected or maybe learning if you want to just design it a little bit differently. But the telling the story, a career story, there are different ways to do that that may be helpful as well and won't make people feel as uh, intimidated to try something new. But what, the way when I talk about the story, so framing as a story presents the opportunity to share more of the relevant who, what, when, where, why, and how uh, what were some of the challenges you overcame? It enables you to give more context to your accomplishments. And when there's more context, then your reader can really feel the achievement. So shaping your bullets on your resume to take your readers on a sequential journey through your career can be one way of doing that. Um, there really is always a story. So you could tell a story about a company, so your journey through the company were you there when it first started? Have you helped them since you've been there? Have they grown $4 million? Uh, a product? Have you been with a product from the ground up? A brand? What have you helped as far as increasing brand recognition? Tell a story of a client win, a big win for them, a team accomplishment, your progression up the career ladder, a great project. You know, what is, you know, starting out from here behind schedule, or maybe you took it over from someone else. Give a little context to the accomplishments on your resume. Never, never, never using the word responsibility, but framing as accomplishments and giving context to that. Uh, you could also even just by looking at your positions when you're going to just try to write some detail or bullets out for a position, framing it as your time within the company, your time within that role, and tell the story, how you worked up from where you were and how you are where you're at now. Right. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be over the top. It's just really focusing in on telling your story. And like you said, that context can be so important. And a lot of times people leave that out. We got so focused on accomplishments for a little while in our business that people were just listing, you know, 
hit targets every year. Well, that's great. And even if you have some numbers, that's great, but it doesn't tell us what the challenge was. And I always say the challenge is the sexy part, you know, don't, don't leave out the sex appeal. Tell me, tell me what, what the mystery was there. What was behind that? What is the challenge that you had to overcome to achieve that? And so it's, it's more in the way that you tell the story and, and somewhat in the language, but a lot of it's just getting out of, although we still need to write tight and crisp, we don't have to leave out the context. There's a way to, to have a happy medium there. So I think that we are closing in here on our minutes with you, Melanie. And so I will have you share with people one more time how they can get a hold of you, how they can read your stuff that can help inspire them to be more authentic and have more personality in their approach. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, and I have PDF examples on my website at resumerelief.com. Again, it's resumerelief.com. So they can view, head to Sample City on my site to be able to pull up full PDFs of some of the resumes, cover letters, complimentary LinkedIn profiles as well. So help you get some ideas from from those items as well as my blog. I write tons about how to do this yourself, um, ideas and tips so that you can incorporate some of this within your work. Uh, and definitely, if you subscribe to my blog as well, you'll get a free copy of my ebook, which is how to make and maximize LinkedIn connections. So hopefully, I'll see some of you over there. Perfect. Well, we're so happy that you came and joined us and shared your wonderful thoughts and out-of-the-box ideas. And if you're listening, don't go anywhere. We're going to come back here for just a few minutes and package it all up for you, give you a few things to think about as you head out and embark on this great work. But we'll say goodbye to Melanie, and thank you so much for joining us here today. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Melanie Lynchy from Resume Relief about putting some personality into your career documents. And this is something that we've been talking about a while on LinkedIn, and we know that LinkedIn needs to be conversational, first person, all of those things. And yet it also needs to have some personality. And the way that you do that does not have to be done in any certain particular way. On LinkedIn, it may be telling your story. It, it may be having some humor. There's all different ways that you can do it on LinkedIn as well as, as Melanie was talking about in your resume. So here is one of the, the things that I hear from people when we start talking about this. One is, you know, it, I'm going to be unprofessional. Well, I think Melanie shared a lot of examples today, and you'll see more on her website that fit within the traditional framework of a resume. You don't have to be outlandish or break any rules necessarily 
to have personality. It may just be a few different phrases in your resume. It doesn't have to include first person by any means. Most of the examples she shared did not use first person on a resume. It's just thinking about using your own language instead of the tired, droning stuff that you see in job descriptions. You have plenty of room on that page and plenty of space to work in those terms from the job description to make sure that you're fitting into the, the mold that they need you to fit into and going to pass through any kind of applicant tracking system. As Melanie shared, you can also combine those kinds of terms in the headline of your LinkedIn profile. You have 120 plus 140 characters there. And you'll be surprised at how many words you can actually fit into that many characters, allowing you to mix job titles that a recruiter would be searching for to find you, which are very important in that part of LinkedIn, as well as more creative, authentic things to you so that when they get there, they find you, you show up high in their search, they actually want to read it and see right away that there's a human behind that, a personality that may be intriguing to talk to. Don't we want them to be intrigued to talk to us? Not for them to read past it and think, oh, another analyst or another programmer, right? You want to stand out a little bit, catch their eye, and you can do that while still having a professional approach. The other thing that people go to is that, oh, you want me to have, you know, this highly visual resume. And actually, you know, Melanie does have some visual samples, but she and I would both tell you that that's not it at all. In fact, the visual only makes sense if it highlights the words because the words are what a recruiter or hiring manager is going to put the most value into. A great visual resume might catch their eye. However, that visual doesn't have to be flashy. In fact, it may be more effective if it's not in catching their eye. It just needs to be well done and distinctive in itself as a visual approach. And both of those things, the words and the visual, have to keep both sides of the party in mind. It's about you, it's about your brand, and your brand has to be connected to your target audience to be a brand. That's what a brand is. It's not just about you. It's also about how do you relate to that, that target audience? How do you meet their needs? How do you address their pain points? That Those, those two things together encapsulate a brand, not, not why you're so great in a vacuum. And so we've got to consider both of those as we put together our document, both visually and in the words that we share. And when we do that, and the visuals are meant to benefit the words, meant to highlight the words, meant to draw the eye through the document to the words, that's when we have an effective document. And that is going to shift a little bit depending on your audience. And shared this story a, a while ago, working with a recruiter for a instrument company here in in my neck of the woods, and she had gotten an infographic resume, right? Highly designed, all graphically designed. You've seen infographics in articles or on on the internet, and people are doing infographic resumes. And her first thought was, "Whoa, this person must be from Europe." And I that was an interesting thought, but it's good to know that that's how a more traditional company recruiter was thinking, and you know, that it wasn't a standout in a good way. It was a standout, but I, mean, I don't know what to do with this. And so for that person in that industry, didn't work, right? However, if that person had done a semi-infographic resume that still included all the words that that recruiter was looking for, the success stories, the numbers that made sense, the stories that proved that person could solve their pain, it probably wouldn't have mattered as much. So when we're thinking about graphics and or words, there's always that balance of professionalism, personality, and attention given to what makes sense for the type of position you're applying to, the type of company you're working with. How can you stand out? And a lot of the things Melanie's talking about are very subtle and they stand out 
because they are a little bit different, but they're not slap you in the face, totally off the wall. She does have a few of those examples for sure. But when she does that, it makes sense either because the individual is that strong of a brand and they're willing to really take that risk that then it makes sense or the audience that they're targeting is going to be on board with those things. So there's multiple layers here of creativity that you can take and don't write off this thought, this premise, this, this peak of an idea because you only look at the, the most extreme examples. Look at some of those that are just a nuance and, you know, realizing that you can do, you can have personality. We want that to be empowering. We want your documents, your LinkedIn profile to have your words in it. And a lot of people I know when they go to work with a professional resume writer, they get freaked out because they think it's going to not be them. And a good resume writer should make it you. That is the purpose. That's the point. They ask great questions. They capture your stories. They capture your themes. Sure, they're going to help you throw in the words that you need to throw in or maybe help you find a few fun words that fit with you but didn't come out of your mouth necessarily. But really, it's about telling your story in your authentic voice. And you can do that professionally. You can do that without first person. And you can do that without being outlandish. So don't let any of those fears or perhaps excuses get in your way of trying to do something a little bit different. Because as she said, quoting Seth Godin, the worst thing you could be today is safe. So have fun. Go visit Melanie's blog. And we feel feel excited to share that information with you and would love to hear your thoughts, questions, or talk you through concerns if you want to write to, uh, to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.